As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, welcome to the free agency preview Mega edition of Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneiman here with Bill Huber. It's great to talk to you guys again. We're going to get into everything today from what we think is going to happen with the Packers' own free agents, who they might target, who they might restructure or extend to get under the cap, how they're going to get under the cap. We're going to cover it all and answer your questions. Can't be more thankful that the NFL calendar is starting up again. I don't know about you, Bill. I probably don't speak for you, but you know, no, you speak it, for is me. it nice? Is it nice maybe to get a little bit back into the rhythm of the NFL? The NFL is the smartest sport. You know, like baseball free agency, like takes in, in the draft, it, it takes place at the, at the oddest times. The NFL calendar is nonstop and bless their souls because I'm as good of making up crap as anybody on earth as far as writing stuff. But man, free agency, the salary cap. Um, the, the bind that they're in COVID wise, it's, um, it's been, fan- it's, it's, it's a fascinating off season. Pe- people are loving it. And it's, it's fun to write about it too. Now there's a lot, the Packers are always in the news. They're always relevant, but they will be relatively so this year. You know, they've got, let's start with their own unrestricted free agents. And at the top of the list is a first team, all pro center and a pro bowl running back. So I'll ask you. I'll let you have the floor first, and then I'll give my take. What do you think the Packers should do with Corey Lindsley, and what do you think will ultimately happen? I think the Packers will make the right choice, and they will let Corey Lindsley go. Corey Lindsley is a great player. He's a a he's a great player. B he's a he's a great leader. I mean, he's everything you'd ever want. That being said, he's nearing thirty. That's that's not a great age. Um, he missed three uh, I'm, full I'm games. I'm nearing thirty two. He's nearing. Or he he missed three full games. He missed most of two others. Um. So you wonder now is is that just a blip on the radar of the injury stuff, or or is that a real real concern? The Packers don't have much of a history extending thirty-ish year old linemen. Um. I is they'll they'll miss him. You know, Lucas Patrick will play center or whatever the hell they're gonna do. They're gonna miss him, but you know if if he's gonna get five years and. $55 million or four and, and 50, whatever it's going to be. That's a lot of money for a guy who's 
kind of missed a lot of playing time last year, you know? Yeah, I, I can see the injury concerns. I think they should let him walk, and I think they will let him walk. Now, listen, me saying I think they should let him walk is not me saying, oh, he's not going to be able to stay healthy or he's not a good player. You know, you can make the argument that Corey Lindsay is the best center on planet Earth right now. And, you know, you wouldn't get much blowback from anyone who who paid attention to the league last year, at least. Um, he will probably cost between 11 and $13 million per year. You can't replace him, but just like at running back, I think the Packers can tread water or or fill his uh, his vacancy at least respectably so. So the absence of of Corey Lindsley and potential absence of Aaron Jones isn't too much. Now, do they put Lucas Patrick there and, and slide in John Runyon Jr. to right guard? Do they put Elton Jenkins at center and you know move Lucas Patrick to left guard? They have a couple options, but I think. Aaron Rodgers has built enough trust with Patrick and Jenkins that he'd be comfortable with whoever's snapping the ball to him in the instance that that Lindsley isn't there. What would you do if you were the Packers at the center position, assuming Lindsley leaves? Um, I, I know I would not move Jenkins there because I if agree. Jenkins is going to be your if you're, if Jenkins is going to be your man on the move, I really would hate to move my center. Like center is such an important position, and you know things can go wrong at center. Um, I want my center being the center. So I I would say stick Lucas Patrick there and let John Runyon play guard, maybe a St. Lane Taylor if he's cheap enough, and they, and they can duke it out at that guard spot, whatever it is. Um, I probably would not stick Elton Jenkins. Well, Jenkins would be phenomenal at it, but um, I would not use him there just because I might need him to play right tackle. I might I, I might need him to play left tackle in week one with, with Bakhtiari's knee. How about you? Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I would put Patrick there. Um, if Bakhtiari's ready for week one, I still think you put Jenkins at left guard. Like I said, I believe on the last podcast, just to, you know, help ease Bakhtiari back in, um, put Elton Jenkins over there for a little extra cushion. If Bakhtiari's not ready, you know, you could put Elton Jenkins at left tackle, Billy Turner at right tackle, Lucas Patrick at center, and then, uh, you know, I wouldn't put a draft pick at left guard or right guard, but you could put Lane Taylor there. You could put John Runyon Jr. there. Um, who knows? They might start Jake Hansen at center, although I, I wouldn't do that. I, w- I would stick with Patrick there. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Hansen. Um, I know I met had on Twitter a few times, too. He was not impressive last summer, right? Now, that, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player. I just didn't think he was anywhere close to playing last summer. Right, yeah. I, I thought it was a little surprising he didn't make the initial 53 man because we all thought, oh, here's the next center once Lindsley leaves, but nope, that's, that wasn't the case. And yet granted, I'm not a, an expert on young offensive linemen and, and how they look in, in non-live action in practice, but I certainly expected to, yes, I guess the one thing we had to gauge his performance off of was the one-on-ones. And, you know, from what I can remember, he wasn't great in those. That was a long time ago, but you know, the fact that he didn't even make the 53 and then we didn't really get to see much of him because he was on IR late in the season on the practice squad. Um, it, it's tough to throw him in there at center. So I, I would say Patrick is my is my guess there. Aaron Jones. Interesting. I, I know there's stuff going around on Twitter from Schefter and, and other people saying the Packers are still going to try to re-sign him. If they haven't been able to get a deal done yet, 
I don't see why they would be able to um, anytime soon. And he's going to likely come off the market relatively shortly after free agency starts because he is one of the most prominent free agents out there. I just don't see the Packers giving him 12 to $15 million a year, assuming that's what it is. And, and the more likely scenario I see is them re-signing Jamal Williams for a couple million dollars a year and rolling with him and A.J. Dillon and using that eight, nine, ten million dollars they save um, by keeping Jamal Williams instead of Aaron Jones on on another position that's of more pressing need. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, it, they, they've had it. They've had a year to resign the guy. You know, the only the only way it works in her favor is if you're, we're two days into this thing. You know, once the real signing period starts, and there's just not much out there for him. And I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. You know, then then maybe. The Packers come back into play, but yeah, it's it's hard to look. COVID's going to hurt people. I don't think it's going to hurt the star guys. I think I think the star football players are going to get paid star p- player money, and everybody else is going to get the shaft. Like the Jamal Williams of the world are going to get the the short end of the stick. I would not. E- either way, though, I w- I'm not signing Aaron Jones. He is a hell of a football player, and they are a worse team without him. That being said, he is 26 years old. He'll be 27 at the end of the next year. Everybody listening to this podcast knows what happens to running backs who get paid. Eventually, they go down the crapper because it is a hard-as-hell position to play. Um, do you want Aaron Jones to count? Well, I mean, look, nobody thought Todd Gurley was going to go down the toilet, right, with the Rams right. when, 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 he's, when he signed that gigantic contract. Two years later, he's gone. So just because you think Aaron Jones, well, that's not going to happen Aaron Jones. Well, maybe not, but. History says it's probably going to. So I, I would never, never, ever, ever have a gigantic running back paycheck on my salary cap at age 29, 30. And that's going to be the case for Jones. So again, they are not a better team without him. But um, I, I think you just got to let the guy go. And I think you're exactly right, Matt. A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, find a draft pick and go from there. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the last three teams to win the Super Bowl, the Buccaneers, they had Fournette and Jones on small deals. They had... Uh, two years ago, the Chiefs had Damian Williams uh, on a small deal. Then the year before that, the Patriots had James White and Sony Michelle on small deals. So just like with the wide receiver position, granted, the, the Buccaneers and Chiefs the last two years have kind of debunked that. So I guess more so for the running back position. You know, expensive running backs don't correlate to Super Bowls. Now, Derek Henry and Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey could buck that trend. We're not saying that you pay a running back, they immediately go down the shitter. That's not what we're saying. But more often than not, you're better advised to spend elsewhere. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. I mean, um, Christian McCaffrey didn't hardly play last year. Joe Mixon hardly played. Um, you know, you got your, the Todd Gurley's, the Le'Veon Bell's. Um, David Johnson from the Cardinals a couple years ago broke the bank. And, you know, what what has David Johnson done since then? It's just, it's a bad event. It is such a hard, brutal position. And I realize that Aaron Jones hasn't gotten the crap beaten out of him. Um, he's, he's also not the world's biggest guy either. I just would, I would steer clear of Jones. And look, Gouda couldn't spend a second round pick on Dylan last year. It's probably a reason for it. That's true. I think we all saw this coming when they made that pick. Um, 
look, Aaron Jones was a great player for this team the last two years, but sometimes you got to move on and this is a business. Let's move on to... Hey, hang on. Before we move on, Matt, would you have would you have franchised him, though, for $8 million? Yeah. It's one year, probably. $8 million. Are you franchising him? Yeah, but then you risk that money counting against the cap and and him not showing up. And are you able to find a trade partner? Probably. I mean, I just think... Yes, I would have, because ultimately, you know, even if you have to trade them, then another team, you know, takes on that cap number. But I think you, this is just me spitballing. This is not anything I've been told. I think if he signed the franchise tag, Drew Rosenhaus would have said, you're not playing a single snap until you have a long-term contract. I don't care if it's with the Green Bay Packers or another team. Right. Um, that's just, I, man, I just wonder though, could you have traded him for, look, they're going to get a, assuming he doesn't get a gigantic contract. They're going to get a, what a fourth round, fourth round compensatory pick form in 2022. Couldn't you gotten a third form in 2021? I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not a fortune teller, but I, that's why I would have franchised him. Cause I just wonder if you could have gotten a, a better draft pick than you're going to get as a comp pick here in 12 months. Yeah, uh, I, I can, I can see that, but. They're still the only team to not use the franchise tag in the last 10 years, and I don't know the next time they will. They certainly couldn't have on Lindsley because that would have cost more than it would have to extend him because, you know, it's offensive tackles as a whole, not just centers when when determining yes. the franchise tag. So let's talk about the rest of the Packers' free agents. There are a couple interesting ones, um, and we'll go through them fairly briefly, very, fairly quickly, just with our predictions on on who we think will be back and who won't. So we talked about Lindsley. We talked about Jones. Let's go to Jamal Williams. My hunch says he is back. I I think it would be a little risky to hand the reins over to A.J. Dillon entirely, even if they sign a guy like James White or someone like that in free agency. You have one guy who's used to the system, and he's had one good game in his entire career. I think it's too risky to roll into next season with just AJ Dillon and even an external guy or a rookie. Um, I would re-sign Jamal Williams for cheap. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's a no-brainer almost. I mean, assuming someone who doesn't give him two years and ten million or something. Um, you know, beyond Dillon, I mean, who who are the running? I mean, Dexter Williams, Mike Weber, Patrick Taylor, Tyler Mike Irvin, Weber. That's the that is the running back depth chart at present. Um, I have no idea no idea if any of those guys are any good. So they they yeah I, I, they they better they better cross their fingers that nobody wants Jamal Williams because you know what he had some good games for the Packers obviously this year. But would you spend a lot of money on him? Because I mean to me you spend the guys on, you spend money on on guys who really move the needle for you who are game breakers so to speak. I don't know that Jamal Williams is a game breaker. He's a really good player in every facet. I just don't know that he does a lot that say, ooh, we got to have Jamal Williams. I think maybe his value might be more here than than elsewhere. Yeah, I think he's a solid back, and and he can pass protect. Yeah. He can catch passes. He's not as elusive as Aaron Jones, but he can still run downhill and make guys miss. I mean, in both games Aaron Jones missed last year with that calf injury in the middle of the season, Jamal totaled over 100 yards of total offense in both games. So. He's really valuable. Everyone loves him. So I don't see why you don't bring him back for cheap. Same here. All right. What else you got? Mercedes Lewis. Please. I think you got to bring him back. Got to bring him back. Got to bring him back. Yep. 
he's not going to cost you. He's not going to cost you any money. He's he's and he's everything you can ever want as a teammate. And and God bless him as as reporters too. We will, we will take Mercedes Lewis every week. Yes, and that's what matters. We will. He's beloved in the locker room. Really good blocking tight end. Can catch a pass here and there. Probably can't make a guy miss anymore, but uh, it's more so the intangibles. Um, and uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, if I remember correctly, called him the best blocking tight end of his generation uh, a little while back. So you got to bring him back because it'll be really cheap. And, and he said, I believe it was to TMZ at LAX when they caught him there uh, that he wants to be back. So I don't see why you don't bring him back. Next, Lane Taylor. It's tough because he's, you know, already into his early 30s. He had a biceps tear that made him miss the large majority of the 2019 season, tore his ACL in the first game of the 2020 season. But the Packers need depth on that interior offensive line, and they know what he's capable of. So if another team is scared of signing him because of his recent injury history, the only team for which he's ever played that knows him better than anyone is the Packers. So if they can get him for cheap and they're confident he can he can step in for them in a pinch or maybe even start to start the season. You know, let's say they throw, you know, Lane at left guard and John Runyon Jr. at right guard with Elton Jenkins at left tackle, Lucas Patrick at center, and Billy Turner at right tackle if Bakhtiari misses the first part of the season. I don't see why that would be so bad. No, I agree with you. The only, the only question is, at his age, are those injuries just bad luck? Or are they the sign of a guy who's breaking down? Um, I'm not a medical doctor. I have no idea. I think that would give you some pause to give, to burn up, you know, whatever his cap number is going to be, minimum contract, a million bucks. Do you want to burn a million dollars on a guy if you don't know if he can withstand the rigors of it? I, I don't know, but man, you're right though. He, he knows the offense. He's a good player. Um, there's a lot of upside there. And I think the Packers learned, I shouldn't say, I think, I mean, they, they certainly learned that the value of having old line depth because they tapped into it at every turn back in 2020. Yep. Next up, Kevin King. Uh, he, he's played well for the most part when healthy, but he has not proven capable of staying consistently healthy. And when he is, he's too prone to games like he had in the NFC Championship game. And I, th- I thought he was gone already, but, you know, if anything, it's just bad optics to bring him back after that NFC Championship game. I, I'm not saying that'll factor into the Packers' decision to bring him back or not. I think he, like I said, I think he was gone anyway. But you know, this year, this past year, Jair Jair doesn't have those kinds of games. He did two years ago on a couple occasions, but you know, you need corners who who don't just implode like that. And and it, you know, if it's one play. That's fine. If it's that one early touchdown to uh, to Mike Evans, that's fine. But it was constantly throughout that game. It was the touchdown at the end of the first half. It was the pass interference to seal the deal at the end. I mean, he's so mistake prone when he's healthy. Solid player for his size, physical corner, but you, you can't bring him back. No, and as much as I want to say, well, at the right price, maybe you do. But again, do you, do you want to burn a roster spot? Do you want to burn? Cap space on a guy that with the injury history. Um, but again, again, who do you have? I mean, you have nobody at cornerback. I mean, they they thought so little of Josh Jackson, the former second round pick, that he was inactive for the playoffs. So they, they they're really stuck here, where you probably don't want to bring him back for the, all the reasons that you mentioned. But they've got no one else. So that's it's it's an interesting one. I I don't think he's gonna get any money because 
everyone's so short on cap space and you want to burn it on a guy who can't stay healthy. So maybe it's just ridiculously cheap, but to what you said though, maybe you just got to move on and force yourself to find other options. So I, I agree with you, Matt. I think it's, regardless of the price, it's probably time to move on. Could, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit later about, you know, what they should do at the number two cornerbacks. Actually, let's get into it now. Number two cornerback spot. What do you think they should do? I'm of the opinion they should sign a veteran like Richard Sherman or Xavier Rhodes, someone who can start for a year, and then you draft a guy in the first round and have him take over whenever he's ready. Have Sherman or Rhodes, who has a long history with Jerry Gray, uh, mentor this kid, whoever it is, you know, Greg Newsom, if it's Campbell from Georgia, if it's Stokes from Georgia. Get a cornerback there at the end of the first round or maybe even trade up to get one. If you like a guy like J.C. Horn or Asante Samuel Jr., you know, I'm no mock draft expert, but those just seem like the kind of guys who are floating around that area. I would go sign the veteran, have him be the bridge to a guy you draft in the first round. Because I, I like you like you said, I don't trust Kadar Holman, Shannon Sullivan, or Josh Jackson with my life uh, on the outside there. No, I don't either. Um Man, Josh Jackson can't stop grabbing, and that's just something you can't coach it out of a guy. Um, it's just a lack of faith in your ability. And if you are four years into the NFL, well, three years in the NFL, um, you've been coaching at high level in college. If, if if those guys can't get it out of you, it probably is who you are. Um, and you're right. It sounds it sounds all well and good to draft Greg Newsom Jr. from Northwestern in the first round, or who are, or the guys that you mentioned. But man, there's no guarantee. Um, what if, what if the guy you draft sucks and then, and then what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, I would, I would find a veteran again. I don't know who, I mean, who's going to be out there that, that you can fit under a, a tight salary cap. I have no idea, but yeah, that'd be the ultimate way to do it. It would be to find a, a veteran bridge guy and then probably draft tour, you know, a guy in the first round and a guy in the third or fourth round at corner and, and kind of maximize your opportunities to, to get rookies. Xavier Rose, I think, is a great call. Matt is a guy who's been around the black. Probably is going to get a ton of money, um, but has the experience of Jerry Gray. I, th- I think that Played one, well last season with the Colts. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think that name makes a lot of sense. I, th- I think those, those dots connect pretty well. And you can't get roasted by Devontae Adams in games if you're on his team. <laughs> you said that yesterday about the guy from Tennessee, did, too. Yeah. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, let's go through these last couple quickly so we can get on to, you know, outside guys the Packers might target. So I'll say a name, quick yes or no, and one sentence why. Tyler Irvin. No, he's never been a contributor. They tried to, it failed. I agree. I say no. He's been okay as a returner, but you just need to have a total facelift on the return units. And he hasn't done anything consistently as the gadget piece in the backfield that they have tried to make him. So I say no. Snacks Harrison. Yes. They need defensive linemen. I don't know he's going to cost a lot of money. Um, Yes. 
I say yes. He played a decent amount in the NFC Championship game, so yes. they they at least liked what they saw from him. I forget the exact snap count, but it was it was pretty substantial for a guy who was in his third game with the team. I know he wants to be back in Green Bay, um, so why not? Bring him back. You need as much help there as you can get. Montrevious Adams. No. Never healthy. Been a tease. No. I say no, just like you said. You know, not a waste of a pick, but never could could get on the field and do anything substantial there. So, yeah, that's an easy no. Billy Wynn. No, he was a great story, and he, play, he played pretty well. You know, at one point when he played, this is more than a sentence now, um, he actually had, I think, as many PBUs on the season as Kevin King, which is a fantastic that's, that's stat. An incredible. But he's stat. been he's he has been hurt, 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 and hurt. So no, I agree. I say no just because his injury history. You know, it, like you said, he was a nice story and he played pretty decently with a couple of batted passes when he was here. But you know, he's thirty one now. Get some young young life in there with guys who don't have that injury history. All right, two more. Tavon Austin. No, I don't even need to explain that. What do you do? Nothing. I say no. Yeah, he he, he was f- had that one fumble. Never did anything on offense. Never brought life to the return unit. So I say no. And lastly, James Burgess. No, because he played four games before he went on IR with a hamstring injury. I wouldn't blame Packer fans for forgetting he was on the team. Yes, you need inside <laughs> linebacker depth, but find it elsewhere. Sorry, James. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That, it's nothing um, personal. J- Jared Veld here, Matt. Matt. That's a good. I keep you... forgetting he's an unrestricted free agent. Ah, I say yes. I know. I don't know if he wants to play. I, I say. Mean, I say if he wants to play, yes, you need depth at tackle. I say yes. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yes. If he does not get COVID, the Packers go to the Super Bowl. I agree. I agree. But do the Packers play him over Rick, Rick Wagner in that game? You sure would have hoped so. He was yeah, terrible. And I'm, I'm not blaming Rick. I am not blaming Rick Wagner. I mean, he was hurt all year. Um, He was a beaten up man. I do not blame Rick Wagner for the way he played. Did the best he could. Um, Will Redman. Yeah, Velder's here. Will Redman's an unrestricted free agent too, right? Um, I think restricted, but yeah. Um, restricted? I thought I saw it. I should know this, but uh, on my is, over yes, the you are cap. right. He is unrestricted. You are correct. I am wrong. Okay, um, over the cap didn't have no. him, so that fooled me. I think I saw your tweet that he was. No, you can't bring him back. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, they they also go to the Super Bowl if he doesn't drop. I, did he even drop an interception against Tampa? Yeah, See, oh, the yeah. drop that it, you drop. have to touch the ball. I don't know that he touched the ball. It <laughs> so, went right through oh. his hands. That's <laughs> an literally un- that's through an, his hands. Uh, that's an underrated mishap in that game because Kevin King kind of. Uh, bailed Redmond out there in terms of taking the blame. Um, you ha- If he intercepts that, then the, the Packers just kneel out the half. Or at least I think they would. Maybe Aaron Rodgers throws another silly interception, but what do I know? Um, sorry, I'm just taking unnecessary shots today. Um, let's move on to guys they might target elsewhere. Listen, we've heard Brian Gutekunst say they'll be able to afford um, – a high-end free agent. The cap was set today at $182.5 million. The Packers are 26th in the NFL at about $9.7 million over the cap. And before we get into who they might be able to target with more cap space, let's get into these couple ways they can create that cap space. We'll alternate here. I'll go first. Extend Zedarius Smith. 
I believe he's hinted that that may be down the line with his tweet this morning. You know, this is just my guess. This is not any information I'm being told. But when he tweets, I want to be a Packer for life, I don't think he's just tweeting that out of the blue. I think maybe his agent put it in his ear. This is potential in the next couple of days. Um, so I think you could see them extend Zedarius Smith. Two years left on a four-year, $64 million deal he signed in 2019. It's been every bit of what they asked for. Uh, he's been he's been really good. Didn't have the pressure numbers this year or, or this past season as he did in 2019, but he's still a guy that's worthy of an extension. Yeah, no-brainer. I mean, his cat number is, what, $22 million? Something along those lines. Um, yeah. Base salary and roster bonuses. Like I believe, I believe that that alone is worth fifteen and a half. Um, yeah. Re- extend him. Uh, move the numbers around. You could probably create. You know, just talking to uh, some guys around the league. Probably create ten million dollars right there. Um, it's it's a to me to me it's a no brainer. Um, it's easy money in a guy who's played well. You know, just, just and to say that you know people people criticized Zedarius last year. Can we, can you imagine criticizing twelve sacks and four forced fumbles? That's that's the bar he set the year before. That's uh yeah. Uh, it's funny because in 2019 it was oh he didn't make an all pro team or he wasn't an initial selection for the Pro Bowl because he didn't have those forced fumbles. Well, like you just said, he had four, and now the pressures were down. And I think there's a little bit of bias there, myself included, because he has been a no show in both NFC Championship games, which is not great in itself. But um, I, I think he's he's worthy of an extension for the entire body of work. What's another? What's another one? Devontae Adams is the easiest one in the in yep. the entire world. Maybe not to actually put the numbers together on paper like Russ Ball has to do, but I mean, he's going to be a free agent after the twenty twenty one season. His cap number is sixteen point eight million dollars. If you're rounding, um, it, it is it is the ultimate win when you, you reduce that cap number to somewhere close to half, and probably even more importantly than that, you have Devonte Adams for. 2023, 2024, maybe 25. You don't want that guy getting anywhere close to free agency. This this would seem to be um, the easiest thing in the world. Yep. Another way is restructuring the contract of Aaron Rodgers. You know, give him some long-term security, if if financial long-term security instead of just verbal long-term security. Guarantee some money. What is it? They can convert some of his uh, base salary into signing bonus and add some, you know more about the cap than I do, but add some more guaranteed money later on his contract. So that reduces his cap hit this year while also, you know, giving him that long-term security. So like you just said, it's, it's a win-win. Um, they keep Aaron Rodgers. They give him that long-term security he wants. I'm assuming he wants, uh, I don't see why he wouldn't while also lessening the, uh, cap hit of the most expensive player on their team. Yeah. I, I asked, uh, Brad Spielberger from from pro football focus and over the cap to kind of give me a contract. So he worked it up a couple weeks ago. Um, obviously you could do the mass, the, the max restructure, which would create like $13 million. Um, but if you did an extension, like through 2025, I mean, you could knock about eight or $9 million off his cap. Um, and, and, and there's your win-win. I mean, is Rogers wants the security. He wants to know that he is the guy here. And I realized that, Brian Gutekunst and Matt Lafleur told us he's the guy here, but you know the contract is where is where that is. So the the extension gives him what he's looking for. It gives him the, the cap help that they need. Uh, I would be absolutely shocked if that's not being worked out right now. Yep, I think there is one more or two more. Preston Smith and Albert Breer mentioned they 
the Packers have been uh, sniffing around on trades for him. Uh, a straight up release would save them eight million dollars, but against the cap this year. But Brian Gutekunst said they plan for Preston Smith to be on the team. I was a little surprised that he came out and said it like that, um, given Smith's drop off, severe drop off in production in, in 2020. And no, he did not play more coverage snaps. So that was not Boy, the reason. That. So that was not the reason for his uh, drastically reduced pressure numbers. Um, what do you think they should do with Preston Smith? And what do you think will happen with him? Yeah, I'm in the very, very, very um, world of unpopular opinion here in that I would keep Preston Smith and wouldn't think twice about doing it. Um, I would see about restructuring to some extent, um, maybe taking some of that base salary, moving into 2022, and basically say to Preston, you're going to earn your 2022 payday by playing really good in 2021. That's what I would do. Look, I realize they saved $8 million by cutting him, and God knows they could use the money. There's also $8 million of dead cap by getting rid of him right now. With the cap sharply reduced, I would much rather have Zadarius Smith sacking the quarterback for my team rather than counting $8 million against my cap but sacking the quarterback for somebody else's team. I know he didn't play well last year. He had 12 sacks the year before that. Um, I think he's a good football player who did not have a very good year for whatever reason. You're right, it was not coverage numbers. That is a bunch of bunk. Um, but yes, I would, I would keep him. I would try to save some money, but I am, I am not going to have an $8 million dead cap hit only to see Preston Smith sign elsewhere and get eight sacks. And I think an underrated part of this is there is one player on the Green Bay Packers who has experience playing for new defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. Yes. Preston Smith played for him in 2015 and 2016 in Washington when Barry was the defensive coordinator there. Preston played pretty well, at least in terms of sack numbers, for a guy in his first two years in the league. So I think he stays. I think they should cut him, but I think he stays. I'm I'm of a differing opinion there, but I wouldn't feel too strongly either way. Last one, Dean Lowry. Um, It would save $3.3 million against the cap. I I think that that extension they signed him to before the 2019 season looks just really bad. He hasn't done anything really. But you need bodies on the defensive line. I think they keep them, but I think they should cut them. Yeah, I can see them. This might be one of those deals where um, they kind of have to play it by ear. It's going to be a revolving door of free agency, I think, where the high-priced player from Team A gets cut and he ends up on Team B for less. And Team B gets rid of their high-priced player and he goes to Team C for less and then that guy goes back on Team A. Um Maybe it's one of those deals where the Packers see, hey, look, this guy just got cut in the defensive line, and he's a better player than Dean Lowry, and he's going to cost us less money. So let's sign him and cut Dean Lowry. So I wonder if it might be one of those deals where they they see who's out there. But you're right. I don't think they can cut him without replacing him because they're they're, they're frankly they're 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 bad on the DL the D line, right? They they are not very good. Um, so you you better replace Dean Lowry before you get rid of him. So yeah, that might be a kind of a free agency thing. Maybe they can sign someone and then, and then go from there. So yeah, I if I can find somebody decent enough, I would cut him. That is a it's a pretty sizable cat number for a guy who just has not done much other than than play most weeks, which probably shouldn't be overlooked. I agree. How about we get into some of the guys they might target? I know a lot of this is just conjecture and fantasy, but let's let's list off a couple names. Get your thoughts. 
Um, I think position-wise, their biggest need is probably cornerback. Now, whether, like I said, I think they should address that through free agency and the draft. Like I said earlier, I would go with a guy like Richard Sherman or Xavier Rhodes and then draft a guy in the first round and have the, the veteran be the mentor to the young kid until he's ready to take over. But that's just me. Um, I think the second position of need is offensive line. You know, I, I think it could potentially be offensive tackle if David Bakhtiari is not ready. Bill, what do you think they should do there in, in free agency? If anything. Interesting name. Um, yeah, interesting. Just got released was Kevin Zeitler, um, who the Packers liked in that draft class. Um, played at Wisconsin. Had a hell of a career. The Giants just cut him. Um, do they need a guard so much? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they think the running can go play tackle or be, or be that swing guy. I don't know. Um, I, I, th- I do think Zettler's a pretty interesting name, though, who just got released. Um, if you were to throw a Hail Mary, or I shouldn't say Hail Mary, you know who I like at receiver? It's Curtis Samuel from uh-huh. Carolina. Slot guy, super fast, had a really good year. Um, ran the ball a fair amount. To me, he seems like a, a pretty natural fit for what they wanted to do with, with Tyler Irvin last year. You know, he might get paid buku dollars, but I, I do like Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I don't think they need a wide receiver. I think if Brian Gutekunst wants to say, okay, we're giving Aaron Rodgers all the weapons possible. We're going all in, um, like we've talked about before on this show and like you've talked about on Twitter. If Goody wants to go all in, he could get a receiver. I don't think they won't be able to afford Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, maybe T.Y. Hilton if they really want to spend big. Um, you know, there are some other guys out there like a Will Fuller. We know they were interested in him at the trade deadline last year. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised, and I don't think it would be a bad thing if they rolled into training camp with um, a top four of Adams, MVS, Lazard, and Funches, which looks like he wants to at least get a chance here. And a couple of years ago, he caught eight touchdowns for the Panthers. I know he he didn't play last season after he opted out, and then two two seasons ago, he missed the entire season pretty much with a broken collarbone. So that, that'll be tough too, but he's been posting on Instagram very frequently. He looks like he's in shape and playing a lot of basketball. He's explosive. Can he catch a football? Who the hell knows? But if if you can get something out of him <laughs> as your number four receiver over EQ, I think that's a pretty solid four you have right there. Do you think they should do anything at receiver? I, I just like those slot guys because they don't have one. And if that slot guy can return kicks, that's like major bonus points. Right. You know, they, they tried so hard with Tyler Irvin and then they threw the Hail Mary and Tavon Austin. So it, it seems to me that they feel like they need that position. So, you know, the courtesy of, you know, Keelan Cole from Jacksonville, he played a lot of slot, returned a punt for a touchdown yeah. against the Packers. Of course, everybody returned punts for touchdowns against the <laughs> Packers. But, you know, Keelan Cole kind of fits that mold, might not be a whole lot of money either. I just kind of transfixed on that failed Tyler yeah. Irvin role. Again, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the draft too. Maybe you go in the draft and get that, which, you know, maybe that's probably the smart way to go. You get a younger and cheaper guy that way. But I do think. They have all those big guys. I just feel like they need to have someone who can play the slot and return some kicks. Yep, I agree. Next up, defensive line. I think Dalvin Tomlinson is the guy they have to have their eye on. I think, I forget who reported it, so I apologize if this isn't proper credit. But um, they were in on him uh, during the season in terms of a trade target. He's a guy who has played in all 64 games since he's been in the league, started every single one for the Giants three and a half sacks from the nose tackle spot each of the last two years. Uh, 
good amount of tackles for loss more than Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster. You know, uh, this would be mean to say more than they can dream of, but more than they have had. We'll say that. I think that's a fair way to say that. You know, Kingsley Kiki showed promise last year, missed the end of the season with that concussion. But you need guys who have proven to be consistently productive, and only Kenny Clark has. So if you want to spend big on a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson, I'd be all for that. Yeah, interesting name, Shelby Harris from Denver, a really good player. I don't think he's going to get tons of money. Buku um, money. Milwaukee native, too, just, just to make some local ties of it. He's a good player, 3-4 um, experience. There, that would seem to make some sense to me, too. Um, <laughs> once upon a time, the Packers drafted a guy named, a guy, geez Louise, a guy by the name of Lawrence Guy. I did not mean to do that. Um, <laughs> he's been, he, he's been he pretty was, good for the Patriots. <laughs> He has, but he did not. He did not make the roster here. Never did anything. He's been really good for the Patriots. He's like the prototypical three-four defensive end. Probably not going to give him much as a pass rusher. You know what? They've got plenty of pass rushers. Give me some guys who can stop the run. Lawrence Guy um, probably can do that. He's thirty-one. Probably has some tread on the tires. Let's talk about two more positions before we get into a couple questions. Running back. Um, this is only if they lose Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. James White is a guy that I think could do well in this offense. He has a lot of experience in the passing game with Bill Belichick. He's a Wisconsin guy. Um, how would you feel about that signing or any other veteran signing to pair with, with AJ Dillon? Yeah, that'd be a great signing. James White comes in, roll, rolls out of bed and catches 60 passes. He's a, he's a fantastic role player. Oh, uh, you know, one guy I'll be interested in will be Marlon Mack from Indy who had a, a big year the year before missed of miss, just about all of last year due to injury. Um, he's a he's not he's not the Aaron Jones receiving kind of threat, but he kind of has some of that running style where um, if there's some opening, he's going to get through it um, in no time at all. But yeah, James White though, that would be a terrific signing for a guy who's not going to make a lot of money, um, but fits exactly what they want to do. Marlon Mack, a good friend, I believe, of former fellow University of South Florida teammate Marquez Valdez Scantling. Good connection. There's your USF fact of the day. Uh, and lastly, inside linebacker. I think they like what they have in Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes, but both those guys are injury prone. They're both 22 years old. And I'd really like, if I'm the Packers, a signing of KJ Wright. He's going to be 32, but he had a really good 2020. Um, that's from our Shield Kapadia. You know, he's he's more of a Seahawks observer than I am. I, I'm just reading from his, his ranking of the free agents. KJ Wright would be you get a veteran in there to to show him the ropes and possibly even play KJ Wright Hassan Reddick from the from the Cardinals he's kind of a a a pass rusher inside linebacker hybrid who can do a lot of different things had 12 and a half sacks last year granted I believe five of them came in one game but get Reddick or KJ Wright in there to make some plays from that inside linebacker spot the Packers have searched for an, a playmaking inside linebacker for so long and maybe they can get a little bit of one in either of those guys. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of KJ Wright. I just feel like he's so underrated hanging out with right. Bobby Wagner for all those years. And then, he, you know, they have the Legion of Doom back in their heyday. Legion um, of Legion of, Legion of Boom, not Legion of Doom. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, you know what I meant. Um, yeah, he's always been lost. To I think he's a really good player. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Matt. I think they like what they got. Maybe you go. It's it's a really good draft class from you know the, the amount of time I've spent on on those guys. Um, 
yeah, I, I think I think they will roll with Barnes and Martin and, and maybe add somebody and, and hope for the best. That's fair. I could see that happening as well. Uh, we've kept you guys long enough, so let's get to some of your questions before we get out of here. Bill, you put out the call. You want to read them off today? Uh, yeah, hang on a second. Um, do, 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 do. Feel free to. And, no, no, I, I'm just singing yeah. the Jeopardy theme song in honor of Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy <laughs> on April 5th. That's good stuff. Um, from our good friend Cecilia Bugface. Yes. This, I mean, I was probably should say this for last. Dinosaur barbecue or brats and cheese curds. Yeah, you're, to my Syracuse people aren't going to like this. Do you know what dinosaur barbecue is? No, I figured so you must it's because a I have absolutely no idea. It's a legendary barbecue spot in Syracuse, New York. I only went there once. Um, I don't remember what it was like. I think I was extremely hungover when I had it. So it was just like a necessity meal. But I'm ashamed to say that as a second generation Syracuse grad and my younger brother also graduated from there. I've only had it once. I would have to go cheese curds and brats. I fell in love with cheese curds ever since I moved to Wisconsin in in July 2019. So I, I will go the latter and please don't take away my Syracuse card for that answer. All right. You know, I'm not a, you know, I'm going to get crucified. I am not a cheese curd person. That's fair. Which makes my family happy because when we, when we actually get cheese curds, all day those three get to have all of them. <laughs> I just sit there thinking, yeah, not seeing it. Not seeing it. Um from Emma Diesel, he's always comments on Twitter to me, and I'm going to seriously um, apologize if I mispronounce either of those things. How likely will the Packers move on from Bradley and Scott? I thought it was interesting that Mo Drayton was so upfront when I asked him, you know, about those two guys, and he said they know their backs are against the wall. At the very least, they're going to have competition in camp. I, I think you got to bring in another long snapper. You got to bring in another punter. They already have another punter, Ryan Winslow, on the roster. Uh, bring in another long snapper because both those guys were very mediocre at best last year. And special teams is an area they have to completely overhaul besides from Mason Crosby. And those two guys could uh, be collateral to, to that overhaul. Yeah, man. I know we've, I think we've talked about this on the podcast. We certainly have in person. How did it not have a long snapper in camp beyond me? Just dumbfounding. Why they were so, why the steadfast belief in Hunter Bradley is just mind boggling to me, man. I just, he's always been inconsistent and to just give him a free pass. And I realized that they're, they're a free agency phone call away, but to not have anybody in here pressing him, absolute mystery. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a great answer by, by Mo to be, that blunt and say, Hey, these guys are going to be fighting for the jobs. That was, that was a pretty amazing comment. Um, there's a kicker on the roster. There's a punter on the roster to challenge those guys. There's a draft class. Um, yeah, I, I would be And plus, you, can, you know what? You, you can save some money too. These guys are going into year four too. Why not? You could probably go younger and cheaper and hell, it can't be worse. Can you, you, you want to know what's bad? They were both draft picks. Yes. Not, not a great look for Brian Gutekunst in his first draft, but Got to admit your stakes when you make them. From Evgeny, thank you for doing the podcast during the offseason. Oh, our pleasure. Every other week, most likely. But I believe the next couple weeks, we might have a, if there's a big free agency move, we might have an immediate reaction pod. We'll definitely have one next week, recapping the first week of free agency. Maybe even another one after the second week. So free agency draft picks up 
It might be more frequent than once every two weeks. I might be speaking at a turn, but that's that's just an assumption. I could be wrong. Who's your under the radar free agent pickup for the Packers? Who's yours, Bill? Oh man, since we hit on some of these guys earlier, um... I'd say Xavier Rhodes is mine. Yeah, for reasons aforementioned. You know, once upon a time, Alex Mack was a really good center. He's 35 years old now. Um, they they kind of did the Jeff Saturday swing at swing at it about a decade ago. If if you really needed to go get a center in here, Alex Mack, Nick Martin, probably neither super expensive. Um, so there you go. Alex Mack used to be really good. Yeah, he did. He got a massive contract from the Falcons. From Jack Lee, thoughts on what y'all believe the Packers will do to get under the cap? Uh, yeah, like we said before, I think just touching on a couple of things we expanded upon earlier, restructuring Rodgers, could cut Preston Smith, though that's not guaranteed, could cut Dean Lowry, though that's not guaranteed. I think the things that are most likely to happen are that Darius Smith extension, the Devontae Adams extension, and the Aaron Rodgers restructure. Yeah, I don't think they have to cut anybody. Is all the doom and gloom talk about um, the salary cap, and, if, and I, I've written plenty of it, so I, I'm not going to give myself a free pass on it, but I think they can take care of all this stuff through restructuring of contracts and not have to get rid of anybody. Agreed. And I believe we got two more. Uh, with roster they have right now, what would be the starting line without Lindsley and Bakhtiari? My definitive answer is left tackle. Elton Jenkins, left guard. Lucas Patrick, center. No, wait. Left guard, left tackle, Elton Jenkins. Left guard, uh, Lane Taylor. Center, Lucas Patrick. Right guard, John Runyon Jr. Right tackle, Billy Turner. I believe David Bakhtiari starts week one. Maybe I'm insane. So do I. Yeah, Bakhtiari starts at left tackle. Elton Jenkins is your left guard. Lucas Patrick is your center. John Runyon, right guard, Billy Turner, right tackle. I think John Runyon's going to be really good. So do I. I think it'll be better than what people think. Did you, did you get one more question that I saw on your Chris, latest call Chris for Mart- questions? Martisica? Sorry about that, Chris, if I botched your last name. I'm good at botching names. Um, which well-known free agent would you guess would take a league minimum deal to chase a championship with the Packers? Of course, we're not, we're not crystal balls here, but it is interesting. With, um, do you think people would do that? I, I guess I would spin it this way because I I have no idea what's in people's hearts. Like J.J. Watt certainly wasn't in the uh, mindset right. of taking a discount. Do you think, I, I will spin it this way, Matt, do players think like that at all? That's what they say. They say they want to chase a ring, but at the end of the day, maybe I'm just jaded by the J.J. Watt deal, but they're going to go after the money because they're, they're, it's no guarantee that they'll get a championship in Green Bay. Um if another team that's somewhat close, if there's a veteran free agent that really wants to win a championship, they're going to go for the money and they're going to find a team that has a respectable chance. They're not going to say, oh, you know, the Packers have a better chance than the Bills, so I'm going to go to the Packers for less. They're going to go to the team as long as they're relatively close. That's giving them more money. So I don't think anyone would take a veteran minimum deal to chase a championship with the Packers. I think someone would settle for a veteran minimum deal over, let's say, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's very well put. I mean, look at look at Aaron Jones, I think. Look, I'm not saying Aaron Jones would ever take a minimum deal, nor should he, but Aaron Jones is this popular, super happy guy who loved it here. He's been a star here. 
He's not taking less money. Hell no. Hell no. He's going to go chase it out. And God bless him. I would too, probably. Nor should he. Nor, nor should, should he. he. But I'm saying if, if Aaron Jones isn't um, willing to take, you know, what, what a Rob Domofsky report. Not, you know, they made, they offered to make him a top five running back. If that's not good enough six, for Aaron. For Mr. million. Right. If 60 that's million not good average with not as much guarantees. Right. So if that's not enough for the guy with the biggest smile in the world, it's just not for anybody. And I'm not, I don't begrudge anybody because you are, you are what you are, you are worth what somebody's willing to give you. And you are, your cred around the league in large part is what you make as a contract too. Um, look, when, when, like, like with Bakhtiari, he said it was his, his dream to be the highest pay lineman. Why? Not, not so he'd have crap loads of money, but it meant that he's the best lineman in football. It's, it's, there's, there's status in that. I agree. Mike, who has no last name, would like to know what yeah. is a realistic free agency period for the Packers? Um, I guess my my thoughts on that, Matt, would be um, the signing period starts March 17th. I believe their free agency starts March 19th. I like the way you put that. I get what you're saying. Expand for the people who don't get it. Um, they will. They have no money to be high-stakes players, but that second wave of guys, um, I, I believe that's that, that's where they will strike. Correct. I, I agree. I don't think they're going to go for that high-end guy. I think if they do go for a high-end guy, his name will be Aaron Jones, but I don't expect that to happen. I think we could see a couple bargain buys like last year. Um, but even if they aren't big players, I think they're going to put themselves in position to be um, by making those aforementioned moves to get at least under the cap. So there will be Packers news a lot of it in the next week, even if it's not them signing Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I think that's that's a fair way to put it. But you guys know you, you guys know the drill here. Stick with us. Stick with Bill at SI. Me at the Athletic. We love talking to you. Sorry for keeping you for so long. We just got a lot to talk about with with a lot in the news, a lot of free agency coming up. And we didn't even get to what they do with their restricted free agents. Robert Tunyon probably going to throw a second round tender on them. Um, But we'll have reactions on Twitter, on our sites, even in podcast form for you over the next couple weeks. So for me, Bill, our fantastic producer, Danielle, we can't thank you enough for listening. Follow along. We'll talk to you next time.